listening to another episode Behind the Vinyl with Darren and Nicholas. Alrighty, guys, we're back with uh, Behind the Vinyl, and um, we've got a great show today. We uh, we got Abe from uh, Death Days. Hey, man. Hey, how are you? <laughs> good, mate. Good, good. Welcome aboard. Welcome to Behind the Vinyl. Um, ex- exciting time for you. It's uh, it's uh, just just gone through the uh, 20th anniversary of White Pony, which we're going to talk about, and it's also um, the the news of your your forthcoming album is out. And um, and that's going to be with us on twenty fifth of twenty uh, fifth of September. So I'm told. Wait, hold on. Twenty years from white. Twenty years from white pony. What? Twenty twenty years from white pony. Yeah. Yeah, man. Makes it really uh, wow. young, doesn't it? Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, good times. Things are. Uh, I mean, as crazy as things are, uh, for all of us on on Earth, um, pretty exciting as well. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, let's 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 get into the new record first. Um, okay. Um, when did you record that? Did you record that in the Corona time? Uh, pre. No, this was uh, we we recorded every, all the music about uh, I think I want to say June, July. So basically, this time last year, basically. But uh, yeah, June, July. Done in, we did that down in LA. Um, and did all the tracking down there. It was done quickly and happily and fun. And then uh, we took maybe a little time off and. Um, went to uh, do vocals and, and finish up a couple little odds and ends up in um, uh, outside of, well, we did it with our old producer, Terry Date, yep. and he's yep. up in Seattle. So he lives a little bit, maybe 20 minutes outside of Seattle. So he built a lovely studio at his home um, recently with a nice Neve console and all the good stuff. And so we did uh, vocals and extra little tidbits and then mixing there um, and all went smooth until uh, came time to mix and then COVID, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what made you go with Terry Date again, who also did White Pony, of course? Yep, he did our, um, he did our first four records. Uh, yeah. And then uh, we tried to get back together. Oh, hello. <laughs> now I see you. Yeah, we tried to get together um, to do uh, the, the Eros record that never came out. Um, so, yeah, he's just um, one of the, he's family, man, you know, and we, uh, we're dear friends. We've learned so much. He's a... Uh, He's a father, he's an uncle, he's a best friend, he's a dude, he's all that wrapped into one, you know, and a few other things as well, but uh, he's just family, and he's always said, hey, man, I'm, I'm here, whenever you need me, give me a call, and we, we've always wanted to do another record with him, man, so uh, just sort of came, came time, and, you know, just like a, a well-worn glove, it just fits, <laughs> always a great time, you know, so... He, he's, nice. he's, got, he's, got that, he's got that reputation as the, um, the metal producer, um, you know, oh, yeah, totally. yeah, but he, he's he's actually really quite broad. His his strokes are really broad. You know, he's 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 touched on a lot of a lot of things. Obviously, worked with you guys, worked with Helmet, worked with Incubus. Who else has he worked with? Um, uh, Soundgarden, Pantera, Pantera, Kurtz. I mean, yeah, yeah, tons of tons of great, great. You know, he did I think Mother Love Bone before that with a bunch of the Seattle stuff early on and uh, all the early Sound Soundgarden stuff. And yeah. he's done a million records. He's just one of those dudes. He's he's much more of a um, He's more of an engineer. I mean, he's obviously a record producer by title, but he's uh, he's a uh, much more of an engineer, you know, and just really gets down to it. And that's you know, that's his that's his jam. You know what I mean? Um, and he's very uh, how should I say? Uh, very no bullshit. No, uh, n- no, not Hollywood. If you if <laughs> catch my drift. not that Hollywood's a bad thing or anything. You know, he's not L.A. And I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. I just mean it, you know, in terms of that a lot of that 
BS that was coming out, you know. Uh, he's just a, re a regular dude, you know.
how how much did you uh, how much did you take into the studio with you? Um, for this this time around. This time around. Yeah, we had uh, we had pretty much we we had pretty much everything written for the most part. I, I think we had actually everything written. We didn't really have a lot of mater extra material this time. Uh, it's sort of funny, like it is. It's we had just kind of at this point in the game for us, it's just really more about um, we still love each other and we still really enjoy hanging out. So. Uh, it's about the hang and the music becomes music sort of a, a, a byproduct of that. You know what I mean? And I don't mean to, to like diminish the music at all. It's just, but it's just, we have a really good time hanging out and talking shit and we have for 30 plus years now. So it's just funny. So this time around, I think we, we'd probably had, I don't know, 10, 12, 13, 14 songs that, that and we kind of edited things um, along the way, not on computer, but just in our, you know, we have a, we have a whiteboard and, ideas and if something someone is not feeling something you know um i'm one of five and one of us are not feeling something it usually after a couple of days you can always set something aside and maybe if someone's really going for it and they want to you know try to reapproach it again but if, if it's after a while if it's not happening it's not really happening so we just toss it and you know go on to the next is, is that what was the first you got what me. was the first initial spark that you got you into the flow on on, on this album Hmm. Maybe a lighter. <laughs> a, you know what? I mean, it's just funny. Like we just, there's been a lot of up and downs over the, all these years and, you know, with such as life. Um, and this time around, man, I mean, we, we were pretty much on a good, uh, I guess, uh, after, well, after cheese accident, you know, I mean, that, that rocked our world, um, you know, rocked our world fully and, um, made us really, uh, appreciate each other and, and really, uh, you know, really not take anything for granted anymore because, uh, you know, he was, he was, uh, snatched from us, man, you know, and, and taken really in, in, a, in a heartbeat, you know? So, um, and up until, up until that point, we had, you know, we had all this rock and roll shit. I hate you, you know, drug, all everything, drugs, being in the band for all those years, marriages, divorces, kid, you know, all that life. But then everything that comes along generally in your cliche rock and roll, uh, uh, storybook, you know what I mean? So by that point, we're like, shit, you know, we're, we're, our, our brother's down, you know, and he was, he was down for five years, man. It wasn't like it was something that was immediate, you know, so it was, that was just, you know, that was just hanging over everything the whole time and, you know, seeing his condition deteriorate and, and obviously having all the hope in the world that things could turn around, it just snapped us into gear, man. So at that point, we really, after years of, uh, of fucking off and, Ah, we'll make another, you know, whatever. We'll we'll do it. We'll make another. You know, we just we really just said shit. We need to make the most of our time, man. You know, and so we got in a good groove, uh, starting with uh, with um, Diamond Eyes, and then right into the uh, into Tokoi no Yuken was a uh, you know a couple years of touring, and then right into it. We after years of wasting time, and 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 we we all excel at that. We get A pluses, we get gold stars and cookies for for wasting time. <laughs> um, we just decided to like shit to take uh, take advantage of um, our ability to be walking and healthy and still here. So that kind of put us into a, another trajectory. And then, of course, then came Gore. So that was three records in a relatively short amount of time. So, and we're also a touring band too. So it's not like we just go and that we don't, you know, we tour to live and to to do what we do. So you have to account in for the, that time as well. It's not like a pop artist who can just, you know, pop out singles all the time and or yeah, right. you know what i'm saying so absolutely so yeah would, would you say um 
In regards to in, in regards to the studio world, you guys are probably at the comfortablest now you have been heading into a studio. You seem so relaxed about it now. Yeah, and it's still it's still t- I mean it's it's it is it is. Um, I mean, you know, we've learned a lot over the years too, and it's always exciting to be able to. It's just like, oh my god, we get to go do it again. We turn into little kids again. Like, shit, we're well, what what studio are we going to work at? Let's try to you know because we still love you know with all the changing of the industry over all these years and a lot of these really really amazing studios around the world. Um, that have so much history and this amazing gear and all these amazing records have been made. You, you, we always hope to try to get into one of those places and maybe go in and rub your elbow on the wall and get a bit of that, suck up a little bit of that mojo in those amazing old rooms. And a lot of these places are, you know, are still around, but lots of clothes, man. So it's a, it's a, I'm, I love history and I love, I love history in general, but I love the history of, uh, of recording as well. So if we, every time we get a chance to be able to go into one of these uh, really amazing, uh, studios they're like churches man you know they're you know um so and that happened this time so In saying that, you've, you've never recorded over in Europe, right? We have not. 
No. Then a lot of like, you know, no, we haven't. I don't and I don't know why. We should one day. I uh, just uh we tried to do it on Mars one time. We tried to do Stefan wanted to do all his his tracks via satellite from some weird look. We weren't talking at the time, so he's like, Fuck it, I'm gonna do my shit from via you know, he would be in Amsterdam via satellite, we'd be you know, just all that kind of stuff. So no, but um for maybe next maybe hopefully one day, you know. Um yeah. A lot, lot, yeah. lot of good, lot of good mojo on. over here, man. Lots, lots of good yeah. mojo yeah. over here, the studios. Yeah. Definitely. How do you how do you look back on on White Pony? Uh, twenty years. Um, hard to believe that it's been twenty years. I, if I look closely in the mirror, I can see that it has. But uh, <laughs> you know what? Hey, man, what are you gonna do? You can't you can't fight the clock. The clock keeps on uh, ticking. So. Um, you know what, man, that, that record really, really uh, is a hugely important record for us, obviously, for uh, people that enjoy <laughs> us as a band. Um, but also that to be, it's just really amazing to be able to, to sit here 20 years later and still, and still talk about or have people want to talk about a 20-year-old record, you know? I mean, um, so I guess to be involved in something like that is pretty damn special. And, and uh, you know, I'm very grateful for that. Um, and that record has allowed us to, to live our dream you know i mean it's one of the ones that kind of we're not the biggest band in the world world by any means but i mean it, it definitely was uh, uh each each record grew you know and that one sort of allowed us to kind of that was our perfect representation at least in my in my eyes at the time of everything that we wanted to sound like and everything that all the sounds that we tried to include in the first two prior records and people were like what are you doing well like we're doing what we feel you know so um so yeah it was a it was a definitely a hugely important record for us you know and and um, apparently the, 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 the pony is now a horse and it's still out there cruising <laughs> around. So pretty amazing. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, just pretty, really, really wild to think that it's been 20 years and how quickly it's gone and, uh, everything that's happened in, in that amount of time. So, Hey, you know,
Can you remember? Um, can you remember back in the recording? Because from from what I've read and what I remember hearing in the past, it was a little bit disjointed when you're in there. You guys were a little bit. Um, obviously, it was the the the, the third record in, um, but you didn't yeah. take so much into the studio with you. Um, can Can you remember how it how it progressed? I, I heard change was basically the big the thing that changed it. That that song. Yeah. Well, a lot, a lot of things happened during that time. It was uh, so we had a standard record deal at the time, which which was really a seven record deal, but you had what they call two firms. So if your first record did well or not well, you still were guaranteed a second one and you could be dropped out for that if that was the case or whatever. So it's pretty much a standard record deal. But anyways, we got past that hump and we we're able to make a third album, you know, and we're like, shit, you know, this is, this is pretty amazing. Let's, uh, let's take advantage of this. So it comes back to that whole thing of us, like, let's go look for studios and let's try to figure out where we wanted to do this. And um, we ended up choosing, um, one of the record plants, there were three, uh, New York, LA, and Sausalito, uh, which is just north of San Francisco on the other side of the Golden Gate Bridge, Sausalito, a little town there. Um, and at that point, that had been sold off and turned in just, the, just to the plants, but it was an old record plant, um, tons of, you know, Prince, uh, Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Wonder, all these, you know, the 100 million trillion amazing records have been in there. Um, and at that point, Metallica had sort of uh, taken over a bit of one of the studios and modernized one. So it had all this great, you know, this just this great Barry history and music history. So we ended up doing that there. And also, while we were tracking, we lived in these house, there's these famous houseboats of Sausalito that we lived in as well. And just, we were out of our minds. It was, we were 20s, early 20s. Um, things were going great, man. And we were, <laughs> we were, we were, uh, we were doing a lot of celebrating. So but um you know that's what some tend to do at that age you know what i mean um anyways but yeah that was a really amazing time but it was also the same time that tino started picking up the guitar more so that definitely became uh it wasn't like a well it became a point of contention obviously it's well documented throughout the time after that and during that time as well um of, of he just picked it up because it was fun. You know, he's like, oh, this guitar is fun. You know, I never really, and then therefore he ended up sort of learning to play guitar in front of the world, which is one of those things too. He's gotten a lot better over the years, you know, but uh, it was kind of, but he just picked it up and, and Stefan had also moved 
uh, down to LA at that time. So we're like, shit, you know, we, you know, so we were still living, all of us were up in Sacramento still. And, and uh, so we were, you know, we have our studio called The Spot that we, we still have. We've had it forever. And then, so we were doing all the writing there. So a lot of things were going on. Stefan moved to LA. We're like, shit. Chino was picked up the guitar a bit, just jamming while he was gone. He would still come up all the time. We were still jamming. And then we had this studio chose, chose uh, we picked out a studio. And at this point, to answer your question, sorry, a bit long-winded, but uh, <laughs> to answer your question, uh, we went into the studio with about half of it written, half of the album written. And at this point, we're like, shit, you know, uh, like Fleetwood Mac always said, yeah, we would go in and record in the studio and make the studio your laboratory. And, you know, like they had budget and they were, you know, they made rumors there at this same place. And so we're like, shit, well, wh what if we kind of did a little bit of that too? That could, that could either work amazingly well or be a total failure and cost a ton of money. So, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. but we're like, so we went in with about half of the stuff written uh, and the material was halfway there some loose ideas and then we tracked everything fairly quick and we said, shit, let's, uh, well, we need more. So let's use the studio as a, uh, laboratory. Um, and thankfully it did work out fairly well. Uh, the work ethic was, was, uh, was pretty much on point. There was still a lot of wasted time. Um, that's what we do. Um, and then, but yeah, so we were able to turn that around. It could have been disastrous if it went the other way in terms of, uh, not creating and spending, all this money while living on gorgeous houseboats and you know all that so but um things turned out well man it was a uh, it was a really really amazing uh fruitful experience tons of fun uh a lot of laughter very free and that part of it was done and then we moved down to la to to complete mixing and that was a whole nother story too so but yeah
But Scott Whalen is on the record, right? Somewhere in there, yeah. He's uh, on uh, RX Queen. He is not yeah. credited. I don't believe he's credited. Uh, if you listen closely, there's a, definitely a Scott Melody in the chorus. Uh, he's on there somewhere. I think it's very low, very low. I didn't even know this until after the fact, you know, so. What do you remember of that? Him recording that stuff? I, w I, didn't, I wasn't even there. I think he came in. He went over to Scott. Scott and Sheena were kind of starting to be buddies at that time. And this is after uh, Stone Temple Pilots. There was a lot of, you know, he was doing other bands and he was having issues at the time as well. I mean, he was going through a lot of stuff. Scott was. Uh, I think they met up at some club and ended up saying, like, hey, man, you know what? So, and he went over to his house and they jammed on something. And I think Gino played him that song and just kind of took a little melody from it. You know what I mean? Um, and then Maynard, of course, was on that as well. And that's something that we ended up recording the music. That's another story. But, uh, <laughs> hey, you got time? Yeah. Because yeah. how, how did the intention wasn't to, wasn't to have people on there, correct? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We had, a, uh, we had Max uh, Cavalera was on, on, on around the fur and guests are always amazing and fun and, but never to be marketed or it should be natural. You know what I mean? Um, and those, those, those cases, those instances were, were very natural. It um, wasn't like, who can we get? Who's the hotter? Can we get Christina Aguilera on this track? We can cross market this and no, you know, so it's funny. We, we had known, a bit of we had known Maynard a bit and Tool, you know, um, and we actually went. We had a, a writing session with Maynard down in uh, in North Hollywood down there, a place we still go to. It's a place called Mates, and uh, it's pretty wild. So it's funny because next a room that we always use to to write and the last few records we've written down in this little we call it the Magic Room. And uh, at the time we were jamming with with Maynard for a couple of days. Next door, the Foo Fighters were trying out guitarists, so there oh. was like just a line of guitarists. Uh, trying out all day long and just hearing these songs, you know, next door. And it was pretty funny. So we were there and then Maynard was next door and he came in with a bunch of bottles of champagne and these uh, sort of Tibetan uh, uh, glass sort of, you know, the spiritual bowls. Right, okay, yep, yep. And we're like, all right, dude, what do you want to do with this? So uh, I remember Taylor gave me some symbols. I was like, what's up, Taylor Hawkins, man? How you doing, bro? And he, he gave me his, like some symbols and I took them over and I was just having, it was just like a nice free, you know, mingling of a bunch of people. Meanwhile, there's all these stressed out guitarists trying like 50 <laughs> long, trying to like try out for the Foo Fighters who would go and become one of the biggest bands in the world, man. So, but Maynard was great, man. We went in and we started drinking champagne and we're like, what the hell are these, what do you want to do with these bowls, man? He started doing, getting the tone out of them, getting them going. We're like, all right. And then we just ended up drinking champagne and kicking it. And we wrote, uh, we had a bit of a jam with, uh, what would become passenger we had some of and he's like whoa that's pretty cool so we just jammed on after a while and that became a thing um which we actually went and tracked later up in, in Sausalito and then came back down and he did the vocals while we were finishing mixing and vocals down in LA later but it stuck and it was one of those um great moments in in, in rock and roll man so
you've also got someone else on on Knife Party, um, who, who I've never Ooh. heard of actually. Um, That's right, Raleen. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Where, where did that connection come from? And and I did a bit of research. Um, it, it's a guy, right? It is a it is a guy with woman parts. No, it's she is a very much a woman. It's a woman. It's a woman. Okay. Yeah. And and she yeah, she gets it. She went on to um, all I could find about her was she she made a movie like around two thousand ten or something as well. I don't know, man. I've seen she's a bit of an anomaly. She she kind of like we met her down there while we were um while we were so we we left Sausalito, uh, NorCal, came down to uh, Hollywood um, to finish vocals, little bits of vocals, and to and to mix. And then of course, uh, whilst we were down there, we ended up going out into nightlife and meeting people and, and, um, and having fun. And we, we actually, uh, met her. She was, um, was playing like these gigs and little uh, shows around town. And anyways, she just wound up in the studio one night. She was hella fun to hang. She was awesome. Just, just, uh, you know, just a really, uh, really cool lady. And, and we just all became friends and just kicked it and talked shit. You know, just had, just had tons of fun. Next time, next thing I knew she was on that track and, uh, really 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 laid it down on that on that you know vocally and then that was not expected and we're like whoa man so yeah saw her a couple times after that and i don't know what the hell happened to her i hope she's well yeah right great great song really great song yeah um also from what i understand this is you you won a grammy for for best metal performance on uh on one of the tracks off this record right is that is that your first your first and only um, Grammy nomination? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Pretty crazy. I mean, the Grammys were something that that I would always like grow up. My my parent, my mom would always watch the Grammys when I was a kid. You know, I was like, I would always sit down and we would watch the Grammys. It was like this, you know, this is whoa, the Grammys. It's and so that's pretty surreal, man, to have you know. And and despite what everybody says, that's still something that's voted on by your peers and, and people yep. in the industry. It's not like a, you know, I guess they can be bought. I don't know. I don't want to get into the politics of that, but I, I believe, yeah, it was just like, shit, we're going, you know, we got nominated. We're like, well, well, let's, we're going to the Grammys. It's going to be fun. There's no way in hell we're going to win, you know? And they, <laughs> yeah, it's, they just, it was funny because they, they, um, they had just built the Staples center where the Lakers played down there. Yep, yep. And that was brand new at the time. So I was like, Oh, the Staples is a brand new spot. We, we went, did the red carpet and it was all like, you know, it was great. It was like, we're going to the Grammys. It's going to be fun. And we were seated up in, in the stands, like lower level, but in the stands and we're like, shit, there's no way. And, you know, we can't possibly win. Everybody that's winning is going to, is down on the floor and they're, you know, so our category came up and we're like, okay guys, here it is. And all of a sudden they announced our name. We're like, what the fuck are you fucking kidding? So you gotta be kidding me. So we're like, Oh shit. And the the uh, stage was way, way, you know, we're like, we, we, the little kids from Sacto that we were, we were like, oh shit, we hopped over the barrier. Security's like, what the hell? These guys are coming down from the stands. And they come, you know, we're like, no, that's, that's us. Well, that's, that's us. And they're like, hurry up. You guys, you know, get up here. You, you're going to run out of time. So we get up there and like, hey, and they're like, time's up. So it's kind of one of those <laughs> surreal things. Like, um, but it's on, a, it's on a shelf around here somewhere. Pretty cool. Pretty cool, man. So Dude, that's, nice. that's great. And then who, who was on yeah. that? Like, um, I think what it was Pantera, right? Pantera was one of the other bands, and uh, yeah, it may have been Maiden. Iron Maiden, yeah, absolutely. Maiden, yeah. Maiden, because they're and they should have. They always deserve to win because they're Maiden. But uh, 
Yeah. I think they have their share of them as well too. Um, yeah, it was one of those things where like, this is insane. So it turned out to be uh, one of those magical evenings, man, you know? Um, it's pretty cool it's pretty to wild. be Maiden. Yeah. Do we really? <laughs> Has anyone ever beat Maiden? <laughs> Maiden's doing just fine. But yeah, it was pretty, pretty rad. Really amazing, just amazing, uh, amazing whoa moment. You know what I mean? Whoa. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's something that, that justifies everything you do to, to your parents or to your parents, friends, or, you know, those, yeah. um, you know, not that, not that we don't know your parents, but you know what I mean? It just justifies you to that yeah, different, sure. um, generations. What, what you do. Is yeah. Legit. Yeah. It's funny that in that night, I remember we ran into Rob Zombie who we had toured with before, uh, you know, um, and he's all, he's like, he's like, Hey, what's up? Hey Rob. You know, he's like, he's all enjoy it guys. You don't mean shit. We're like, fuck. All right. Thanks, Rob Zombie. And he was right. No, it's pretty funny. He's like, enjoy your night, guys. You don't mean shit. I was like, God, all right. Thanks, dude.
thinking going back to going back to a new album. I mean, um, uh, would you say like the 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 latest album is that always the best one? Maybe for some bands. For us, I just it's just where we're at. You know what I mean? Um, like getting back to what I said earlier about just sort of the the, the music is the byproduct of us hanging out. You know, right. and we have this tremendous uh, relationship after all these years, man. It's still. Uh, we definitely have our moments, you know, by all means, we're just, you know, we're human. But, uh, you know, after all these years, man, we, we, we have so much fun kicking it, man, you know, and just, just, so, uh, the privilege of getting to make another record is huge, man, you know, and, you know, we're still on, you know, one or records, man, like, you know, after all, it's just wild, you know, like we're still in it and we're still, well, we're obviously on pause right now as is the world, but, uh, yeah, man. So, um, it's our best that we can do, the best we can do right now, you know, at that particular month or two of writing a three, you know, it was over time. So yeah. Um, and I hope to make another one, man. Maybe it can be better. We hope to always try to top and, you know, and, but it's really a snapshot of life and it's life's not always um, peachy keen. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you, um, how do you look back on your playing when you look back now, back to say say white pony 20 years ago to to you playing on the, your new record how can you you see that you've improved and you've progressed probably regressed <laughs> no I, I think uh, you know it didn't sound that way it's, it's you know it's pretty cool and i say about this record too so it's interesting to put these these two in in in, in context uh we after well the last three so quite know you can i'm sorry uh diamond eyes Koi and Gore were uh, two were done with Nick Resculinix, uh and then we we did uh, with Matt Hyde, who helped, who engineered Koi No Can. So it was sort of a little easy kind of transition. Yeah. Um, but those three records, man, uh, in terms of drum wise, we after all these years of doing it, and like here I am. We have most of our stuff pretty well worked out. But we always leave some spontaneity, some room for some magic in the studio, you know. Yep. And for drums, trying to get a good, you know, a solid good take or two we can cut in half or maybe hopefully one solid and maybe some good fills and all this shit. Um, that's something we, all, we always worked out. And then as we went on making records and people became more grumpy, won't say any names because it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, if you try to, obviously drums go down first and you're sitting and trying to get a good take and you have somebody on the other side of the room like, yeah, did you get it yet? God, fuck, man. We played it five times. I was like, dude. So anyways, these three records, the last three albums we made, we ended up... Uh, in lieu of our relationship or non-relationship, uh, we decided to just do like tempo maps. So we would um, we would sit around and we would all get together and work out like, you know, obviously the, the chorus may jump a bit naturally. So we'll kick it up a couple notches, maybe take a deep breath and come down in a verse. Like what would it naturally be? And then we all knew the material well enough that were, they would just do a shitty scratch track and I would go in and play drums for as long as I wanted until I got it. And then I would do fun fills and just rad stuff and they could cut in if, if need be. Um, so that's the way we did our last two records. And uh, this time around with Terry, um, he's like, so, Hey man, you know, it's been a while. How you guys want to do this? I know you've been recording it this way. And we're like, yeah, it's been pretty, pretty fun and pretty quick. Cause we can do this. And no one's being dicks to each other. We're getting, everyone's able to get good takes. And he's like, you know what? That's cool. We can do it like that if you want, but I think you're going to go back in and, into the room as a band and with no clicks and play it together. I'm like, well, maybe, maybe we will, Terry, Terry Day. 
maybe, maybe we won't Terry Day, because I'm a grown up now. You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> and lo and behold, we went in as a fucking band, no click tracks on the entire record, and recorded it all together in a room. And I was like, Jesus, we just, whoa, that was, it was very reaffirming to know that we could still, still do that. So yeah, yeah. to answer your question, um, long-winded again, I apologize. I, I wish things went very quick on that. We recorded things really quick. Uh, and then by the time my drums were done, I was still hoping to do some rad little drum filled parts we can pop in or whatever. They're like, no, you're done. I'm like, well, uh, I, I wanted to, yeah, you're done. You're done. I was like, fuck. All right, we're done. The record moved very quickly and we were done. So um, that's my only, not druther or I, we could have done it differently this time. It was, uh, I was very happy with the pace. It was, uh, and then we just did it. We were like, oh shit, we're all in there. Everyone was smiling and laughing and, and they just captured it live, man, with no clicks at all. So that's pretty cool. That's great. Got a lot of this. Human. Nice. Human. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, something uh, about your drumming, your, your, a lot of your influences seem to be very English. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I grew up on music. My parents were musicians and I was always around, um, you know, and this is a lot, I grew up on the coast up in uh, a little town called Mendocino. It's about 100 miles north of San Francisco, a little small town fishing and, you know, just a small little coastal town. Um, 
And there were a lot of people from the 70s and 60s and 70s that had land up there who lived in San Fran. And the Bay Area would come up. So all these, you know, Grateful Dead people, Billy Coy, I mean, all these people, Booker T. Jones, Atlanta, you know, people would come through town. So it had this really weird kind of like, there was always some amazing musician from somewhere that would be up there. They maybe had property or was popping through. So I was always around, like, you know, my earliest memories are just crawling around as a baby um, at my dad's gigs and trying to find with a diaper on and knocking over cymbal stands and looking, finding empty beer bottles and trying to, you know, I was crawling and then there'd be a cigarette butt in there or something, you know, so but music was always around, always around, man. And, uh, and I think I, I learned to play drums by just playing to my parents' records, man. And, you know, I think a lot of those people were, those, those are great records from the sixties and seventies and, and early eighties too, that had like, if I'm playing to those records, they had some of the most amazing drummers on those sessions. So I kind of like maybe learned time and, you know, just learned to play along to, records and then cassettes and then CDs and you know so yeah like we all you know we're of that we're is, of that is there uh, like is is there like one drummer that you that you really like idolize that's meant more to you than others yeah i mean of course and it's a, it's the most difficult question it's 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 got to be Stuart Copeland man you know from the police uh and right. i obviously everyone everyone steals from him and, and but you can't do it because you, you're not him, you know, and, and I, I've bitten, I've bitten his, bitten his, his little stewardism so hard. I mean, so many drummers have, and, but, you know, as you, as you get older and you go on and you try to create your own sound, you, 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 you learn how to disguise. I guess that's the whole thing. You, we all steal from each other and borrow, but it's how you disguise and how you eventually mold it into your own, your own thing. You know what I mean? But definitely Stuart, man. And he, I mean, there's a hundred thousand others that I could rattle off, but I mean, he, he really had a uh, profound impact on me and, and it was him growing up and, you know, being a, he's an American who grew up in, uh, you know, the Middle East, man. And his, so his, his, uh, his pulse and how he positioned how, where he places the beat is very Middle Eastern, man, in, in, in terms of rock and roll. And of course, with, uh, with some regatta, de, with some right reggae, you know, uh, regatta de blanc, you know, and they're, they're a mixture. So. Yeah, but do I sound like him? No, but do I wish I did? Yes, but you know what I mean? So, yeah, there's a, yeah. There's a hundred, a hundred, but he's definitely one of the main, main ones, man.
you know, we, we can't talk about White Pony without talking about uh, Back to School just quickly. Um, obviously, yeah. there was a, a little bit of, uh, I don't know, controversy, not so much controversy, just more, um, you know, I've read that you guys felt that you maybe gave in or something like that. At 20 years on, how do you look at it now? Because um, it, it's, it's very much a part of the album for the, for the listeners, yeah. for, the, for the fans. Like me growing up and listening to it, it's very much a part of the record. Uh, how, how do you yeah. look back on it now? I'm fine with it. I mean, we were so angry and so pissed off that we were pissed at everything then too, you know? So like, I mean, life's too short. I, we, we were pissed because we, we presented to the label, you know, the, our, our perfect record at the time. And it started with Future Sierra, you know, it didn't start with that fucking song. Um, and of course there were some issues. Well, we may not promote the record if, yeah, you know, it was like, just, we need, we need something. This is before change and change actually had a bit of traction. That was our first little bit of stuff. So, we were pissed, man, but are we pissed anymore? No. And the song's actually not, not bad. I mean, all, they, all we did was take our last song on the record, which had a rad chorus, uh, our, someone thought, and he's like, make this and try to, and we're like, all right, motherfucker, you want us to go in and make a fucking hit song? <laughs> Asshole, we will. And we, and we gave it our, you know, we, we wrote it, and we, we kind of rewrote it in, in, you know, a couple hours and tracked it real fast and it was done. But it's actually, I kind of like that song, actually. You know, and rapping was very popular at the time and all that stuff. And we were like, dude, you're, you're, you're killing us. But we did it with the fingers up. Um, but we were kids and now we're adults. So it, it is what it is. And I, I don't hate it. It was uh, a lot to learn from that process as well, you know, and that's uh, the art versus commerce side too. And, and hey, man, you know what? It, it turned out well. That's a, that's yeah. a similar story to uh, Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page did a similar thing with the rain, yeah, the rain song. Um, yeah, I think George George Harrison mentioned to John Bonham, you know, oh, you guys you guys couldn't write a uh, you couldn't write a slower song, and he was like, you know what, fuck you, watch this. And then he, uh, exactly, and he <laughs> and went away and song, wrote an, an amazing song. Yeah. Absolutely, totally. Go on, man. Um, Matt, thanks for your time. This has been great. Um, you know, we like we said, just past the anniversary, 20 years. Congratulations on White Pony. And um, your new record is coming out. Um, Om is coming out on September 25th. I believe so, yeah. A- yeah. Absolutely. So everyone get out there, check it out. Um, it's fucking great. And, and hopefully we'll see you over here sooner rather than later. That's the plan. That's the first stop that is if once we're allowed to get back to it. That's uh, all dates are rescheduled for over there. So uh, we can't wait to... Uh, get back to it and see, uh, see everyone, man, see friends and, and family that we've made over these years, you know, and, and cruise cool. through town, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's been a while nice. since you've been in, uh, in Sweden for sure. Oh God. I know it's been way too long, too long. So yes. Yep. Excellent. But, uh, no, well, Darren and Nicholas, I, I appreciate it so much. This is went by very quick. I could talk for yep. two hours, you know? So yeah. Thanks for making it easy. No worries, mate. Uh, thanks for your time. <laughs> great, great. Best of luck with the new record. <laughs> Thank you so much, you guys. Uh, my best to everyone. Hope you guys are all doing well and hanging in there during this uh, this stuff. Absolutely, this stuff. Mate. Yeah, right, mate. My best to all, man. Excellent. Cool. Talk soon. Bye. Thank you, man. Thank you, guys. Bye. Take care. Thank you. So Switch it up, be out the wall, smoking cigarettes
Thank you.